Welcome back to another episode of Touch Icing. I'm Tony Picknich. Uh, with me, as always, Eric Johnson. What up, what up? And not with us, uh, which is seems to be every other episode, Tyler Dies. Not with us right now, but he could join in at some point during the episode. I do have the sound notification on that will tell me when he comes in we should, and if he comes in. We should set like something on Twitter where it's like, Trish joins the episode, yes or no, and it's a favorite. Like, no is becoming the favorite, and yes is becoming the underdog. No is the favorite, like, every week. But we, we got to start this episode with the most recent news and perhaps the biggest news uh, in this whole NHL return to play model or timeline. The Montreal Canadiens had at least three players test positive for COVID-19 and the NHL and the Canadiens franchise declined to comment on the situation. But we're still two weeks away from NHL players reporting to the bubble or their respected bubbles. We're three weeks away from games. Three weeks away from games. Uh, they're definitely – the NHL still expecting some positive tests. But to have it happen to, a, to, to the Montreal Canadiens, especially with the whole thing concerning their forward Max Domi, who's a type 1 diabetic and considered to be a more at-risk individual – it's it it's news that catches the eye. Yeah, I was gonna say, is Domi still debating on whether or not he wanted to play? Because that came out this morning that he was still gonna give it seven to ten days. Yeah, the seven news. Now this this could change everything because he he's probably not gonna want to show up if <laughs> there's other teammates that have it. And can or you blame have been him? in that facility with it? No, you can't blame him at all. I just saw the headline: Luke Cunning. He is a type 1 diabetic. He is coming back to play for Minnesota. And the, the Rangers believe that Capo Caco, who is also a type 1 diabetic, should be good to go. How did we not find out that he was a diabetic during the draft? They might have mentioned it, but it just wasn't like – there's other type 1 diabetics in the league, and it, it just wasn't going to be that – it didn't seem like that big of a deal. You know, but now all of a sudden, with the whole pandemic, now it's a huge thing. A, yeah. So three Montreal Canadiens test positive, and no, we don't know who. No, no. the The NHL is uh, has told teams not to release what players have it. And I completely one hundred percent understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. The NHL has also told teams they're not allowed to disclose any type of injuries that players have. All injuries are just being directly reported straight to the NHL. So it's like, so it's so much different than MLB where a player can mysteriously go on the disabled list. Yeah. We all know what it's for. So, I mean, who else? I know the lightning tested positive a couple, that was about a month ago. Yeah. It's just that we're getting closer to this and Hell, I, I mean, today in the MLS, there was a player, there was a positive test. There was at least two, one for each side. At least two, and they just canceled the game. Well, we're but, having things back out of the MLS tournament because there are so many tests. FC Dallas had like, what, nine positive tests? A lot yeah. of that's where they were coming from, though. Nashville had eight. The, the biggest fear here is the teams travel to the hub cities, and there's an outbreak in that hub city because of the travel. Which is very possible. Yeah, especially when you got players coming from Texas, Florida, 
Arizona, states where the numbers are rising. California's in the list, yep. too. Well, no teams are going from California. Oh, well, you can have <laughs> players still. Yeah, you I know. You can have individual players. I know. That's why I was thinking Texas. I was like, what players are from Texas besides Blake Coleman? Well, Coleman's living in, uh, living in Florida. Is he, is he living in Florida? Yeah. I didn't know he moved down but there. But I, I think we've had players, even if they're living in different states, let's say players on the Stars aren't living in Texas, they are traveling back for their training camp and then going to the Hub City together as a team. So there will be some time for them to be in that state. And we have two teams from Florida, too, going. Yeah. With, where there, was 15, there were 15,000 cases today. Which is just an outrageous number. I was texting you earlier. That was triple what we had in Jersey. Yeah, that is – I mean – It's worse that, than we've never had it. That being a one-day total, is it, it's an outrageous number. And Disney World reopened. Yeah. Which that's going to be just a giant Petri dish. Yeah, it's – I don't – and I, I don't believe there's going to be any changes in Florida because of it. They're just going to look at it and no, go, meh. No, there's not. Now, Based on what I've heard, no, there's not. And I could definitely see there being some form, some form of outbreak, but I don't know how – define the word bubble that the players are going to be under. Like, are they not allowed to leave the hotel and the rink and that's it? Like NBA is doing? Yeah, and they're letting family travel to the hub city, Edmonton for the west, Toronto for the east. Uh, it would just be Edmonton in – the for the conference and Stanley Cup final because Edmonton is going to be the one that that hosts just that. Trish is joining us. He is here. His audio is connected. He is back on the show. Trish, late as usual. Okay. So everyone so, that had yes, uh, congrats on catching. Yes, it. he's in. Um, what was I going on about? The, it, families traveling Family. to hub cities. That's gonna be. That could also be a problem. Hey, at least we're gonna have fans of some kind. Yeah, very close family members. It's going to be interesting if they like put like a camera on the families of the losing team in the Stanley Cup final. Like, <laughs> that would be something. Yeah, but like, how are you going to tell a Blake Coleman not to bring his wife and brand new daughter? Well, he might be one of the players that doesn't have his family come. Same with Bo Horvat. Bo Horvat's wife just had a kid a week and a half ago. See, that's a little different. I'm talking about, like, his kid's a couple months old. And he's, like, you know, he's still in that new dad phase. He's excited to have his kids and stuff. Like, you're not, he's not going to want to leave his kids home for another three months while he yeah. goes and plays hockey if he makes it to the Stanley Cup. Reminder that, he's the Devils treated, reminder that the Devils treated Blake Coleman when his wife was nine months pregnant. Yeah, and then when he originally yeah. that he was scratched that game, I thought his wife was just giving birth, and it was, nah, he got traded. Listen, that'll happen sometimes. But the other thing I wanted to mention is it's funny because I got an email from I think it was the Calgary Flames and they wanted the people that got the email to record yeah, specific chance to use. I so I guess Bitcoin. they're going to be pumping some crowd noise in. Yeah, they're going to be pumping some crowd noise. That'd be cool. Now. Which I think that's going to be fun. I'm curious to see what center ice is going to look like. Is it just going to be the NHL logo or is it just going to, or is it going to be like I, the Maple Leafs? It might just be the Oilers logo and center ice. Because they're playing, and we got to we'll discuss the schedule for the games later. Because that I, that is just a crazy 
crazy schedule to me. You know what I think they should do? They should pay respect to all the teams that don't exist anymore. So they should have like the Whalers logo somewhere and the right. Red over here. Just and then like the defunct NHL teams around. <laughs> and, and like, like for for the Stanley Cup, you think they should just do Buffalo because that's probably the closest they'll yes. get there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that works. Um, so when the NHL made the decision on the hub cities, they said they were going with the provinces or states that had the lowest amount of confirmed cases that basically took any American state out of the running because the numbers cannot compare with the Canadian cities and provinces. But one city that seemed to just be overlooked because they said they went with the two cities that the lowest amount of cases did, did we, the two NHL cities that had the lowest amount of cases, did we just not consider Winnipeg? <laughs> I don't think Winnipeg wanted it. Well, I think what I think they should have done is they could have done this at like American Hockey League arenas too. The the count of total cases of COVID nineteen in Manitoba was three hundred twenty five, as of July twelfth. Total, total. God. That's because like four hundred <laughs> people live in Manitoba. I mean, what? is it is it because the, the 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 airport's terrible? Is it because the city's terrible? What is it? Because when they were kicking around names, that wasn't even considered. It might have been travel and hotel accommodations. Yeah, hotel accommodations where it could get iffy. Remember in the early stages of this when North Dakota was an option? That was like the big thing? I heard Iowa was in the mix. Where would they have played? The Iowa Wild uh, Arena. Yeah, but you would have had to house two conferences in one location. And then, Which is really, really tough. Especially in Iowa. Um, I, I can't wait for this to get going. And hearing that the players finally uh, – that the agreement's finally together from players and owners and it's voted, voted on, ratified all around. There's a CBA extension, which blows my mind. How about that, huh? That came out of nowhere. That I think that's just – Baffles me. Because of this whole COVID thing, basically was a lockout. <laughs> There's been no time in my life where there's been labor peace at the end of a CBA agreement. It's impressive. It just hasn't happened. I mean, I feel like you got to give the commissioner of the NHL a lot of credit just for the way he's handled the whole COVID 19 pandemic. I can't believe I'm able to utter the words. Gary Bettman is probably the best commissioner in sports right now. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean. It took a pandemic for that to happen, by the way. <laughs> but, but, like, look at how baseball handled it, how football handled it, even how the NBA has handled it. No one has handled it quite as well as the NHL. The NHL didn't even have a case. They said, nope, we're done. That's true. Yeah, they said they were done before any players tested positive. It, it was just right. the, the possibility – of, you know, sharing hotels and locker rooms with NBA teams that they just shut it straight down. See, but that's exactly what they needed at the time because sports, I feel like, kind of led the way for the shutdown of the country, which is exactly what this country needed. So, like, when the sports shut down, then it was easier for the states to say, well, we can't go outside anymore and all this kind of stuff. Like Man, the lockdown, 30 on Rudy Gobert shutting down America is going to be wild. <laughs> it really will be because he just he straight up took down. He almost killed baseball. 
Like, simple as that. <laughs> uh, baseball still might be dead. You know I, mean? I know, but it would have been killed very fast, much faster, if Rudy Gobert uh, – Rudy Gobert could have just killed baseball in a span of two months. Hey, he killed Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> he did kill yeah, he Chuck did. E. Cheese. He did kill Chuck E. Cheese. So, let me pull up this schedule because, I, I mean, this is – Actually, hold on. On the Chuck E. Cheese note, do you know why Chuck E. Cheese shut down? They bankrupted, didn't they? They were well. They were bankrupt for a while. Pizza Hut got upset because there was a poll that was done, a blind taste test on Chuck E. Cheese pizza and Pizza Hut pizza. People like Chuck E. Cheese pizza better, so they out pizza the hut. So they had to go. All right, here is the <laughs> August first schedule. Times in Eastern. At 12 o'clock noon, there's Rangers at Carolina. At 3 o'clock, it's Chicago at Edmonton. At 4, it's Florida at the Islanders. At 8, it's Montreal at Pittsburgh. And then at 10.30, it's Winnipeg at Calgary. That's nuts. That's so sick. And I'm going to be away for it. <laughs> that sucks. And I'm not going to be home. <laughs> and they haven't, they haven't like uh, put out a full TV schedule. But the Edmonton games are going to be broadcasted by the Sportsnet crew, and the Toronto games going to be broadcasted by uh, the NBC crew. Is this going to be airing on TV? I would imagine. Yeah. Okay. I would imagine I, they the need Nash- to make money. They didn't clear that I, up. I want the Sportsnet feed because I like the Sportsnet announcers. I know. I really like the Sportsnet announcers. I can only imagine there's going to be a commercial every like ten seconds because. The NHL has lost so much money during this whole thing. The first two days of back-to-play is five games. But then you get to August 3rd, and you have Rangers at Carolina at 12, Winnipeg at Calgary at 2.30, Washington at Tampa Bay round-robin at 4, Dallas at Vegas round-robin at 6.30, Montreal at Pittsburgh at 8, and Chicago at Edmonton at 10.30. That I mean, that is just a dream. That's going to be beautiful. It's going to be so much hockey on all at once. It's going to be awesome. I did. Eric sent it to me earlier in the week. Let's go beyond hockey. The schedule for August 3rd. You have Capitals at Lightning, Raptors at Heat, Stars at Golden Knights, Rangers at Hurricanes, Pacers at Wizards, Nuggets at Thunder, Blackhawks at Oilers, uh, Pelicans at Grizzlies, Islanders, uh, not Islanders, Indians at Reds, Yankees, Orioles, Cardinals, Tigers, Mets, Braves, Canadians, Penguins, Spurs, Sixers, White Sox, Brewers, Twins, Pirates, Royals, Cubs, Giants, Rockies, Lakers, Jazz, Dodgers, Padres, A's, Mariners, Oilers, Flames. And I'm not so, going to be home for that. <laughs> starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, ending at 7 p.m. Pacific. So every channel is going to be sports. It's nuts. Yeah. It's going to be like March Madness. Tony, it's going to be a sports better's dream. Oh, it's going to be. <laughs> I had to oh set up God. the second TV in my room just so I can watch it all. Oh, yeah, my God, Jason's going to be having a tough time that day. Oh, yeah, he is. I, I, am, I can't wait for this. Now, I, hope, I really hope the NHL can pull this off because it's looking like it's going to at least – they're going to get enough time to get it underway. But pulling it off is easier said than done. There's a lot of things that need to happen in order for them to get this fully through. Um, August the 10th players draft lottery, in, by the way. August 10th is phase two of the draft lottery. Are the players in uh, quarantine yet? No. But they should be. Start? They should be getting there like real soon. Like next week okay. probably. Yeah. Because I know NBA players are already in quarantine. They're already arriving in Disney. 
Yeah, I saw what J.R. Smith posted on Instagram. <laughs> you saw that? Yeah, I saw. I saw him reading the menu. Did you also see the video of I think it was J.R. Smith on the balcony and then some other basketball player on the, like the ground? Did you see the? Did you see Rajon Rondo say the hotel is Motel Six? <laughs> A Disney hotel is Motel Six. Really sick. Now let's. I got the dates right here. So tomorrow, July 13th, training camps open. They travel to the hub cities on the 26th. The 28th to the 30th is exhibition games. August 1st is when qualifiers begin. August 10th is phase two of the draft lottery. August 11th, round one begins. August 25th, the second round. September 8th, the conference finals. September 22nd, the Stanley Cup finals. October 4th is the last possible day of the finals. And then October 9th and the 10th is the 2020 NHL draft. Jesus. Do have some news coming in. Um, this is more Montreal. Alexander Romanov, top prospect. He will be joining the team for face three. Okay. So that was another so, thing that I mean, had to get decided. Whether or not these players that have yet to uh, sign, like a Romanov or a uh, – what's the goalie's name for the Islanders? Uh, Ilya Sorokin. Ilya Sorokin. Whether or not they will be joining the team because uh, the CBA – it, it didn't give a clear explanation on that. And the deadline is tomorrow for somebody like Sorokin to sign and join the team in phase three. Cause, and who's the guy in Minnesota? Uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. Um, that, that signing appears very close to what, joining the, him for phase three. The Kaprizov or Sorokin? Kaprizov. Yeah, Sorokin I think is going to be a little bit tougher for the Isles. And the Islanders already have two pretty solid goaltenders yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they got a hell of a defenseman. Uh, now, and Andy Green. some of these players joining, it, imagine your first taste of the NHL. Let's say it from a goaltending point of view, because we saw it, let's take like a Matt Murray as example, who won the Stanley Cup in his first season, or his first playoff. Imagine – Ilya Sorokin getting thrown right into the fire against, let's say, Varlamov slips up in this uh, qualifying round against Florida, and they got to throw Sorokin in. It's just an, it's See, an insane scenario, especially since I feel like I don't know what the KHL has been doing in terms of practicing and training. Has how much has Sorokin played since March? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you if I tried. Exactly. We I feel like right now, to be thrown into a playoff, this would be the best playoff to get thrown into just because there's no fans. So if you're the away team, that's an advantage. If you're the home team, that's a slight disadvantage. But either way, I feel like it's more of an advantage because you don't have all these people screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering at you, and you don't have all the noise and the distraction. You can just focus on the hockey. That's true. But then you have Twitter after the game. Yeah, but you don't worry about that while you're in Exactly. The game. You worry about that after the game. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, everybody's got to worry about that. But there's no one there literally yelling, you know, oh, you suck, all this, all that. You know, me and Tony, when we were at preseason games, when there were, like, no fans there, we were chirping the third-string goalie for the Rangers. And he was turning around and, like, saying shit back. Like, they can hear us. They just ignore us most games. But for a rookie to come in and not have to deal with all those fans, that's a fantastic thing. Because you usually get frazzled. Exactly. Now there's no, there's, it's not that next step up of, oh, now there's, you know, 20,000 more fans in the stands than what I'm used to playing 
you know, college or even high school, like some of these kids getting drafted. So like it, there's, there's, it doesn't feel like that next big step. It just feels like a, basically like a, a scrimmage almost. Now with this whole return to play, there was the issue of trades concerning draft picks that had terms to be met on whether or not, let, let's say, let's just use the example, like the devil's Vancouver first round pick. Devils currently possess Vancouver's first-round pick. It was traded to Tampa for J- in the J.T. Miller trade. trade, Yeah, to Tampa in the J.T. Miller trade, and then traded to New Jersey in the Blake Coleman trade. Which is insane Then it we was, got a first for him. What the term is, they have to make the playoffs. And then it's, what is the playoffs? Is this qualifying round the playoffs? Now, this qualifying round is playoffs for statistical purposes only. Vancouver retains their first-round pick if Minnesota uh, defeats them in the qualifying round, which makes so we sense. So Vancouver to win. Devils fans would round. be rooting for then Vancouver to win. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and that is the, is the right decision because that's what it would have been anyway. So it, it makes sense. But there's another one. Another one concerning New Jersey's the Sammy Votnin trade. This is uh, some bullshit. 70% of playoff games is what Vaughn has to play for the Devils to get a third-round pick in the trade. But chaos. There, there's also a term that if he played a certain amount of regular season games, it's a fourth-round pick. Now, there are no regular season games, so it's impossible for them to get the fourth-round pick, but they still get the third-round pick. Like, what? There's gonna, it looks like there's going to be draft pick, comp, uh, draft pick arbitration for this because no teams are ever going to be able to come to a deal on what should really happen with picks concerning this year's playoff process. See, I really think that the it should just be left up to, like, the commissioner. The commissioner would be tough. I think they'd want an independent arbitrator. You think so? Well, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, just a third party to be like, this is fair. Yeah. But – it's all going to come down to the first arbitrator and what he says. And then every other team is going to argue, well, they got it, so we should get it. Or, well, they didn't get it, so we should, you know, the, the other team that we're fighting against shouldn't get it. I mean, it's just like anywhere else. Eric brought it up the other day. I mean, it would be really simple to say, all right, just reset it. Everybody has their own draft pick this year. It's nah, that'd be fucking stupid. Yeah, but then that's stupid. But this entire year's been stupid. That's true. Right, but then all what do we get for Blake Coleman? What do we get for Sammy Vaughn? Next year's other than next year's picks. Uh, Then it seemed like Ottawa would be pissed. Yeah, exactly. Teams that already have like you know Ottawa, especially who have a third and uh, fifth or whatever they have. The third and fifth overall picks in the draft. Yeah, the thirds being San Jose's in the Eric Carlson trade. I'm talking about more like conditional picks. Like uh like like the Devils Does the Hall would the Hall one be enough? Like the Hall pick, which I've heard rumors that we don't know what Arizona's punishment's gonna be and it could be on this pick. They're not gonna take away their condition. That's it's being talked about. No shot. Wait, why would Arizona lose their condition? Because Arizona's currently in the doghouse with the NHL for uh, the tampering. Test, tampering, testing prospects when they shouldn't have been testing them. Analy- yeah, 
Yeah. Ooh, if they take away the condition and then Arizona loses in the first round and then they have a first overall and then we have the first overall. I I mean, if the Devils could somehow manage that, it would be the the NHL basically handing it to them. It would be. (laughs) And then people would talk about the draft lottery being rigged again. Then we would get Alexis Lafreniere. Yeah. uh, That would be ridiculous. All right, let, let's talk. Uh, let's let's move away from the hub cities and the uh, CBA, and let's just talk about something that would be so ludicrous. Let's talk about the idea of trading Brock Besser, because that was kicked around late last week that the Canucks could possibly explore trading Brock Besser this off season. Where would they trade him to? Why Why does Vancouver just want to ruin a good thing? I believe that's a question towards me. It uh, is. You being a yeah Vancouver the supporter. Canuck the Canuck guy, yeah. So, apparently, the Canucks are not even close to trading Brock Besser. It was apparently thrown up in a meeting, and it was heard by Rick Dollywall, who I'm still, got, who I'm still pissed got fired last year. And he put it out on Twitter and saying that this was thrown around and everybody's saying it was taken way out of context. I don't think Brock Besser is going to be anywhere close to getting traded, but Vancouver might have some cap problems. Yeah, is that you're talking about Brock Besser being a casualty. I would much rather prefer them trade somebody else that's talented and package Louis Erickson with them. I'd much rather do that. Like say, D. Pietro and package Louis Erickson with that. And that creates a ton of cap room. So you could get Besser locked up long-term. You can get to fully locked up long-term. You're set with Markstrom and Demko as the starter backup tandem for yeah. the next couple of years. For the foreseeable future. Correct. Now they're going to run into the problem when it's, you know, Pedersen's contracts up and Hughes needs to get paid. Well, I assume that the cap's going to be going up by then. Yeah, but not that much. Hughes is going to get paid big, and so is Pedersen. They're yeah, both Pedersen's really good. Pedersen's going to get paid way more than Hughes. But you're also con- we're also considering at this point, Edler's contract's going to be up. Meyer's contract may be close to being up. Um, Miller's got another two to three years left. Yeah, but then you can get into the problem with, let's say those guys' contracts are up, and then you take money from them and move it and put it towards Pedersen and Hughes – you're basically – you're leaving a lot less money to go around when you have to fill other roster spots, you know? Which you will eventually have to do. Yes. Yep. It, it, it happens to every team that's got the young talent and they're trying to build the core and move them along together. Now, here's, here's the Toronto. Edmonton issue. Here's the other thing about the whole thing. If the Canucks win one Stanley Cup with that core, there's no complaints anywhere. No. No, like you've, you've done the job. This is yep. all for chance. It's to over. Win one you, you, it, it's completed. Yeah, your mission's completed. We're good. Do you want to win more? Of course. Everything on top of it's just gravy. It's, it's just icing on the cake. I, if I had, granted, I, I don't run an NHL team, but if I, if I had a player like Brock Besser, I wouldn't consider trading him. But if it got to the point where, where okay, would you rather have Pedersen and Hughes or, like, 
Pedersen and Besser or Petter, or Besser and Pedersen or Better, Besser and Hughes. I mean, Hugh, uh, Besser's the third in that pecking order to me. You know? Yeah, he is. I got Pedersen first, and I got a big gap, and then I got Hughes. And still a gap, but not quite as big between as the one between Pedersen and Hughes. Pedersen and Hughes is tough because they just play such a different game. It's yeah, so different. One's forward, it, one's defenseman. Hughes, Hughes has the capability to be a franchise defenseman. It's so hard to come across one. He does. It's impossible. Jersey's still looking for one. Yeah. Um, Colorado could have two in the palm of their hand. Which is? Right? With McKinnon, Rantanen. And crew. Yeah, that that core. And that's what sucks if you're a team who has a young core coming right now, like a Vancouver. Because let's say the one, two teams are going to be if in, in, let's say, two years. Vancouver, Colorado. Vancouver having that core together and just having to run repeatedly into McKinnon, Landiscock, Rantanen, Bowen Byram, Cal McCarr. And, of course, there's eventually going to be the Alexis Lafreniere debate, which team gets them. If it's Calgary or Winnipeg or, let me throw it out there, Vancouver, holy shit. Or what if it's Edmonton? Or Edmonton. Edmonton's <laughs> running into a brick wall if they get them. Edmonton's I already honestly, got gap issues. Yeah. yeah, I honestly believe that if a team – was going to have issues getting that first overall pick, it'd be Edmonton. It would ruin that team. It would, but the I next three years would be really fun. Oh, it'd be ridiculous. But after those three years are up, they are screwed. Either they have to uh, do what they did in the 80s when they traded Gretzky, and they'd have to trade fucking um, Connor McDavid. That wouldn't be the one to go. It'd be Dreisaitl. So? It'd be Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. All right, still. You have to trade one of your top players and to keep Lafreniere, or you'd have to trade Lafreniere to keep some of your top players. Either way, you're losing, you know, part of what makes your team special. Or you just have to hope that the cap space is moved up enough that you can I mean, hell, I could, all the I, money could, everywhere. I could possibly make the argument right now. Let's say Edmonton wins the draft lottery. I mean, you probably don't consider doing it the first year because you want to see what it could be. But – if you have the opportunity to move Dreisaitl for a franchise defenseman mm. and a team that lacks defense in all three pairings, they just had the guy they traded for at the deadline opt out of the return to play in Mike Green. <laughs> like, they, who was the last solid defenseman for Edmonton? Pronger. Like, Paul Coffey. Is it Pronger? It's either Pronger or Sheldon Surrey. Those are just the two different levels of names, and that's the only reason why I would put Pronger over Sheldon Surrey. I'll stick with my answer. Well, you said Paul Coffey, and you're going back a little too far. (laughs) I'll still stick with my answer. I mean, I'm trying to think of a defenseman like – Adam Larson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's done. laughs> on defense. He's getting paid way too much money. You can thank Lou Amarello for that one, Edmonton. Uh, I mean, didn't Edmonton extend him though? 
No, the Devils extended him and then moved him. Is he still on that same contract? Oh, yeah. That was, that was getting five, six years. <laughs> I know it was a while. Yeah. We signed him, and I think it was that year, wasn't it? You know, I'm, I'm actually glad you brought up the Devils because we should probably talk about the Lindy Ruff show. Ah, know. yes. Lindy Ruff. A- Adam Larson signed a six-year, $25 million contract that expires after next season. The sad part is, at the time, it didn't it looked, really look bad. looked like a good contract. Extension. It looked good. And four one six. He was, yeah, he was doing amazing things for the Devils when they extended his contract. He was their best defender. Yeah. And then they said, you know, you know what we need? They were like, we need to get Taylor Hall. He'll bring us to the playoffs. He did it one year, and then nothing happened after that. So the Devils hired Lindy Ruff as their head coach, which was not, if you ask any fan, was not the first choice. But, and. I, you don't get 700 wins by accident. You're talking That's yourself true. into it. You just don't. You know? Hey, he's the sixth winningest coach in NHL history. Listen, me and you have yeah. been discussing this ad nauseum for the past, what, four or five days? Yeah, it's because... No Stanley Cup stuff. Here's, here's the thing the Devils needed more than anything. was a coach with experience. And he has it true. in bounds. More than anything. Is he going to be a long-term solution as coach? I personally can't see it. Probably not. Probably not. But if you need a coach with experience, who's very good with young players, who can teach them the game the way he knows how, and he's been in the playoffs countless times, this may end up being one of the guys. This may be a pretty decent hire. I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest hire, but it's solid. It's solid. Well, I mean, if you look at what New Jersey had as options, though, you had uh, Laviolette, who wanted way too much money, reportedly, and you had Gallant, who apparently didn't even want the job. So New Jersey didn't even have a choice. I texted you this, Tony, a couple of days ago. I think Gallant wants the Dallas job. I could see that. I could see I, that, too. I could really see that. It's a team that's looking – that can win right now. And it, Gallant doesn't want it on his resume if a team fails. No. Yeah. And he's not going to take a team that looks like it's going to fail right away. I don't think Laviolette wants that either. No. I don't think Although, Laviolette was really interested in the New Jersey job. It's just <coughs> I'm going to throw out this outrageous number and I'm going to see if they pay it. That's just what it sounded like with how much he priced himself out. And by the way, the outrageous number was $5 million per year. Yeah, yeah which would make him just... around fourth, fifth in the league. That's stupid how much he wanted it. New Jersey would have been dumb to take him. I think, honestly, with the guys that were on the table, Mike Ruff, or Indy Ruff. whatever his person, Indy Ruff, was the best guy for the job at, at this moment. He's definitely better than John Stevens. Yes. No two ways about that one. I'll tell Leaps you this, bounds better. No, Eric, don't say it. You guys are going to see a lot of Damon Severson with Lindy Ruff. You know, if they don't oh, package him and trade him for Brock Besser. So, yeah. They're not going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that either. Little Besser in a first. Little, little uh, Besser for Severson in a first. Maybe we'll take the contract Louis Erickson off your hands. Or I saw some of the mock trades that the Devils fan sites have made for Besser. One of them was Zaka and a fourth, but you had to throw in Ty Smith in there too. Yeah, that no. Mm, that's too much. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, I think Gallant wants the Dallas job. I think he could take Minnesota, too. 
The Witch Jobs are available. Presumably Dallas. If Rick Bonus doesn't win the Stanley Cup, I'm assuming the Dallas Jobs can be available. Minnesota. San Jose. Who's Minnesota's head coach right now? Dean Nevison. No, it's no, not ringing any bells in my head. So that's, that's three jobs. Detroit. No. I know. We're naming good teams, but Detroit. De- Detroit's the only team I think he would go to that doesn't have a shot to win at the moment. And they just extend Blackwell for another year. Yeah, well, they did that. I, have, I think that was just time saving. I think he might step in there. What about Seattle? We're waiting, uh, we're still waiting another year for Seattle. We don't know each other job. What if, what, if he, what if he sits out? I, I know it probably won't end up. What if he sits out another year? Oh, does a um, – who was the one that sat out a year? Mike Yao. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, a bigger name that sat out a year. Did Hitchcock sit out a year? <laughs> yes. That was it. Yeah. Steve Tippett. Both of them did. Oh man, I, I mean, it'd be Coach Roulette this off season. I, it was Coach Roulette in mid-season. Oh yeah, which it's, was nuts. It's been crazy this season. One it's last hot. thing, when it coming to coaches, Devils interim, former interim head coach Elaine Nazardine, was in between staying on Devils staff and going and taking an assistant job in Nashville. From what now, from what I've heard, it looks like he's going to stay he on the Devils staff. coaching staff. I've heard. He's going to stay. Well, I think the reason – the only reason he's going to stay on New Jersey is because I think Fitz sat him down and was like, listen, if this doesn't work out, you got the job. Just wait. Which would be it, – it really seems like it could go that way. Like, he's just like, if, if this doesn't work, just, just be patient and it's your job. And if it does work, then you get a Stanley Cup ring as an assistant coach. So what are you bitching about? Tom Fitzgerald <laughs> also gets the interim tag stripped from yes. his status. He's now the full-time GM of the New Jersey Devils. But he said he was treating it like he was that since day one. So, And I think that was the right move, to be fair. He, he, he deserves a shot at it. Um, got, a, got a tweet from NHL Rumors about Gaudreau. I just saw about, this. About some time before we know, but all the teams on the I-95 corridor could be in on him. So that's <gasps> for those not on the East Coast. That's Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Flyers. Yeah. Yes. That's just who could give up. I could, I could, man, if they lose in to Winnipeg, I could see that being a draft day deal. Yeah. You know? Like, because they mm-hmm. – Especially it's, if they get what, a Is it Calgary and Montreal who are the front runners for Hall right now that it looks like? Those are the front runners for Hall there. And if they could just take out Gaudreau and put right in Taylor Hall, I think they would make that swap. Or Lafreniere. That too. I think even if they lost in the first round of the playoffs, let's say they got, they got past the qualifying round, I think they'd still feel immense pressure to make a move. Now, who do you think? on the I-95 is the best shot at getting them. The Rangers, Jersey, Islanders, or uh, Philly. I think the best, the team that could offer the best, funny enough, is the Islanders. I See, I would agree with you, but I don't think Lou would do that. No, he would. He he just gave up a ton for Pajot, though. You know? Or... Here's the thing. 
What's the thing that Calgary needs more than anything right now? Defense. More than defense. Goaltending. And which of those four teams has a ton of goalies? The Islanders and Rangers. Rangers have a Rangers. fuck ton. That's where Georgiev could go. You do Georgiev and a first and another prospect, I'd be hard-pressed to say no if I was Brad. Yeah, but they, they, would, they, that, they would run headfirst into money troubles. They pro- Calgary would have, probably have to take on a contract of some kind. That's the thing. Out of all those teams, right now, I think New Jersey and Philly have the most cap space in order to accept it. Philly's going to be in trouble soon, though. Yeah. New Jersey has no trouble yet. New Jersey's the only one that really doesn't have trouble. Same with the Islanders. New Jersey's got a – well, the Islanders, I thought, were being pressed up uh, earlier this season. Well, Barzell's going to need to get paid soon. Barzell's going to need to get paid. And that's really it. That's really it. They don't have another – Young guy, like, coming through, you know? They have seen – they had the one prospect that hit in Barzell, but they don't seem to have another guy that's clearly the next guy coming, you know? I remember that was supposed to be Michael Dalcall for years. Oh, man, yeah. I remember it was supposed to be Josh Hosang. Remember that? Well, Josh Hosang came up, and he was lights out for – was it 16, 17? Yeah, well, now he's in the loose doghouse. The last 10 games of the year, he was lights out, and he barely cracked the lineup ever again. Yeah. Well, Lou put him right in the doghouse. But I, I could see every t- – I could – what team wouldn't be interested in Johnny Goudreau? You know? I, I, think, I, I think all those teams are going to be interested. I all mean, those that, teams are gonna and the teams. Rangers always just seem to find a way to land a player like that. They have Artemi Yeah, but Frank. the Rangers are – yeah, but they paid Artemi Panarin, what, $11 million a year? But he's – so far he's proven his worth. Yeah. No, I understand that. He's definitely worth the money. But to me they don't Truba have a lot more. What was that, Eric? To me, it's Truba that's standing out at 8 mil a year. Yeah, that's a tough contract they took on there. Uh, that's a tough contract they signed him to. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Touch Ice, and we hope you enjoyed – our deep conversations on the CBA and return to play. Cause I am so excited. You have no idea. Next week we're going to break it down by conference, the qualifying round, which I'm sure we're both, we're all three of us are very interested in. And we're going to see, uh, we're going to make some predictions now that we're getting rosters out and players opting out. Uh, Travis Hamannick, big name opted out. Mike green, Sven Barchi, but I don't see a lot more players opting out. I think a lot of these guys want to get back to play. Eric, did you see uh, Carolina's roster? Yes. So many goalies. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's a lot of goalies, but that blue line is one of the best I've ever seen. It's so deep. <laughs> I mean, who's, Trevor Van Riemsdyk's not even on the top six. No. I <laughs> It, I, I put out – I wrote an article back uh, right after the pause, and I said teams that could benefit – it was about teams that could benefit most from this, uh, this little break we're taking here. And I, it was – if Carolina could get healthy, their blue line is the deepest in the league. They released their 
return to play roster basically immediately after the ratification. So they got Jake Bean, uh, Joel Edmondson, Hayden Flurry, Jake Garner, Doug, Jake Gardner, Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, Trevor Van Reems, like it's Sammy Votnin. You can only I play six. They had Shea. You can only play six. Does Votnin even even make it onto that? I think Votnin makes it as the six. What if, what if Carolina just said we're not going to play Votnin so we don't have to <clears throat> give the pick? All right, I can see Ooh. that. I can see one hundred percent doing that. But who's gonna? I mean. Dougie Hamilton's going to play. Brett Pesci's yeah. going to play. Brett Pesci's going to play. Jacob Slavin's going to pe- play. Brady Shea's going to play. Shea, he's playing. Brady Shea, so that's yeah. four. I think he and Flurry plays. So that's five. And now that last spot is now between Jake Bean, Joel Edmondson, Jake Gardner, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Sammy Votnin. I can see him giving it to Gardner. So could I. I could also see him giving it to Van Riemsdyk. Or Jake Bean. Or, or Joel Edmondson. They're all good. The, the entire all list. Really good. I think it depends. They're all just good defense. What style of play you're looking to play? So, they might rotate different nights too. Well, the, it's only three spots are going to rotate because there's no way in hell Hamilton, uh, Slavin, and Pesci are coming out of that lineup, like at all. And then their goalies are Anton Forsberg, who I forgot was a part of the Carolina Hurricanes organization. <laughs> uh, Peter Morazic, Alex Ned. I hate this guy's last name. Nedeljkovic. Nedeljkovic who was good in the AHL last year and this year, and James Reimer. James Reimer, who somehow still has a job in the National Hockey League. See, I take everything a goalie does in the AHL with a grain of salt because I've seen a lot of goalies all he over won, the league do I mean, really won, well in the AHL. He won the championship. No, I understand. Very but good performance the in the Calder playoffs last year. It's still the But AHL. he has been mediocre so far since coming to the show. I mean – that's the thing. Who knows? Maybe he Cold can. Contenders can be amazing in the AHL. Maybe he can NHL. stifle Artemi Panarin. So next week we're going to talk about the qualifying round. We're going to make our predictions for the qualifying round. We're going to log our predictions for the qualifying round, see who picks the most right. And that's going to be next week's episode, barring some monumental news, which we were sure to get to anyway. Awesome. So no trivia this week. We'll just go into next week. Uh, did we answer last week's about the Blues one? What was the last one? The Blues goalie. Goalie. Oh, that Bobby Orr scored the goal on. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot the end. Isn't it? It's Glenn Hall. Yeah, it's Glenn Hall. Yeah, it's Glenn Hall. And then uh, Plant was his backup, wasn't he? I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> you have two Hall of Fame goalies, one, two. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I will leave you with this. I was watching. The NHL, you know the hat trick challenge that PK Subban hosts. Yeah, that I mean that was just I watched that for a half hour just a waste of my time. The questions were so easy, so easy. <laughs> what team plays in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? It's it's stuff like that. It, they had Alex Kalorn on asking questions, and the first question was literally, "Who is the captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning?" And they were talking to a Lightning fan, like he's going to get the answer correct. Imagine if he struggled and didn't know. I mean, he got all three right, so he won a hat, a jersey, and tickets to any game next year. That's like a pretty a, good prize for knowing who the imagine. Captain is. Imagine the NHL like get, told you what game you're getting. Like, let's say you get tickets to, like Arizona, Florida. Congratulations, you've won two tickets to a game nobody wants to see. <laughs> so you can listen to us on wherever podcasts are listened to, and uh, we will see you next week for a new episode of Touch Icing.